Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Coco Show, hosted by myself, Colette Creighton, and my co-host, David Schwartz. This is a show where the banter at the top of the episode never ends, and neurodivergent or not, we are here to make you feel less alone about your human experience. We have no expectations, and neither should you. You are listening to a magical episode of... The Coco Show. We are chatting with a longtime friend, astrologer, tarot card interpreter, Molly Victoria. She is a forever student of the occult and a lover of all things magical and mysterious. And if you haven't already, this is where I need you to pause this episode and go listen to our episode, Venus and Scorpio, which is our first episode with Molly. In that episode, Molly's explained how David and my charts coexist and how they complement each other. Then come listen to this. Otherwise, hello and welcome back, Molly. Hello, hello. Good to be back. Happy to see you guys. Yes, yes you, too. you too. Been talking to Molly all week. I know. <laughs> yep, there's been a lot of mystical moments. Yes, indeed. Happy to be a resource. Always um, happy to be a resource. Before we get into the weeds, ye fucking haws, hyperfixations. Got to do it. Who's first? Excuse me, Jesus. I will kick us off. Okay, brilliant. Um, my ye fucking haw is just how good I've been feeling lately. I just feel very comfortable with who I am mm. and who I'm becoming, mm. and my newfound ability for radical self acceptance. And I feel like this is my year of healing my inner teen, mm. and I'm having so much fun. Um, and my hyperfixations are still the same booty gains at the gym <laughs> and uh, discovering new music and hearing it in such a different way post to dj lessons from our dearest dave yes y'all she's doing quite well she's got her phrasing down what do we count to eight yes but after that <laughs> well, oh 32 yes ma'am there you go um and i'm having so much fun which is such a you fucking ha i just realized it's the 33rd beat though <gasps> Aww. yeah three 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 is our number threes are our number but like the 32nd beat so i make people count 32 and one is when you press play. So it's the 33rd beat of a phrase that you press uh, play where you, on. Where you hit it. So uh, that's sick. And I just realized Aww. that. Yes. Beautiful. She's everywhere. Indeed. Gorgeous. All right, David, you have the floor. Uh, what about? Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, my ye fucking ha this week is also how fucking great I've been feeling. Yes. Honestly. Like I am channeling all the good energies of the world and it feels fantastic. Um, I have not been drunk since February 1 Woo. and I feel really good about that. Um, I have not. Uh, I've had a shot at James Hype. Oh, man. He should be my ye fucking ha. That was absolutely insane. Um, but on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday, um, I, I honestly, that'll, that, that'll be my you fucking half because I got to the club at 9 a.m. 9 p.m. Excuse me. Not 9 a.m. That would be excessive. Uh, and I stood in my spot at the railing. If you look in the photos, you can see me mm-hmm. freaking out. Um, but I stood there from the moment we got there basically until almost through the end of his set. And I like, yeah, I, I, I deserved that spot. I had to fight that for that spot, but I got it, and I had an incredible view of one of the best DJs in the world. So that was pretty freaking sick. And then my hyperfixation is, uh, ooh, yeah, still hockey. <laughs> but it's going really well, and I'm, like, improving a lot, and, like, I'm feeling really, like, my feet and my head and my hands are all starting to be connected, and I'm just playing this game now, and it's really, really fun and feels fantastic. So... Yeah, you um, fucking hot, Molly. You're up. Nice. I love your I love your DJ action and that you're learning that, Colette. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, okay, so my hyperfixation has recently been hot yoga. Um, well, I should say warm yoga. I only do the warm yoga classes. I just joined a studio um, in my new stomping grounds. Uh, that's been incredible. So I'm on day like five, which feels really good. Um, but can't do hot yoga or I'll pass out like hot, hot yoga. I do like Hatha, slow flow. Um, and then my yeehaw, I think it's like the same as last time. I'm going back home this Thursday to, uh, cats at like two nine month old kitties mm. and then they're older little siblings. So I'm excited to get some cat time. Cause we had to rehome our little kitty <gasps> from Bellevue. So 
our little Sim Bambino. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we get some kitty time this weekend and we get to come back to West Seattle and I get to see a friend. So yeah, that's that's my you fucking ha. What else is my hyperfixation? Xylitol gum. That's a hyperfixation. Mm. It's good for your teeth and your gums. Yes. Highly recommend. So yeah, those are my hyperfixations. Health. Also feeling stronger, Colette, just like you were saying. Like yes. just feeling better in my body, which feels really good. Love that. All right, y'all. We're going to go on a little dance break. When we get back, we're going to get into it. So stick around, yeah. okay? Okay, so we're mainly talking tarot today, and I did a little bit of research, and this is what I gathered history-wise. The exact origin of tarot cards is unclear, but they have been used for divination as a game in various forms for centuries. Um, Some believe that tarot cards originated in ancient Egypt and were used for mystical purposes, while others think that they originated from medieval Italy as a card game similar to bridge. Tarot cards became popular in Europe in the late 18th and early 19th century because they were used by mystics and occultists for divination. I think I'm saying that word right. Anyway, um, during this time, the design and symbolism of the cards became more standardized, and then the first written descriptions of tarot cards or arrangements of cards were used for divination appeared. So in the late 19th and early 20th century, and the use of these cards declined, um, but then they experienced a resurgence of popularity in the latter half of the 20th century when they were embraced in the New Age movement and became a tool for self-discovery and personal growth. And today they're used kind of the same way and also for divination, spiritual development, personal growth, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um And then the card typically, or the deck typically consists of 78 cards um, divided into two main categories, the major arcana and the minor arcana. And then the major arcana is a group of 22 cards that represent the major life events or themes, such as the fool, the magician, the tower, and the world. And these cards often carry like a deeper significance and give more weight in like a tarot reading. And then the minor consists of 56 cards divided into four suits. Similar to like playing cards. And then this, these are usually swords, cups, wands, or pentacles, or coins. And each suit is numbered one through ten, as well as four court cards, page, knight, queen, and king. Like ace, hmm. spade, I think, blah, blah, blah. Um, Gorgeous. And then uh, the interpretation of each card can vary depending on the reader and the context of the reading, but the imagery and symbolism on the cards can provide often guidance and insight into the question or situation being considered. And now I will let the professional answer some questions. So Molly, um, how do tarot cards work and what is the process of reading them? Mm, Yes. So the process of like me as a practitioner reading them. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, In short, it's like the detailed occult symbolism, like you said, and the imagery that helps guide me. So anyone who's like an artist is going to really like have a knack for this. Um, But like the more you dive like into that art and the hidden symbolism, the more you can really like work with the cards and kind of understand what they're saying to you. Um, and then combining it with like my intuition and just like my feeling. I know last week, um, Chelsea had mentioned like when she feels a tingle up her spine or she just kind of feels it in the moment. It's similar to my experience. Um, but I will shuffle the cards sometimes and just let cards fall out. Um, when I'm doing it in person, like one-on-one, I'll lay the cards out and you, like you as the person receiving the quarant, the person asking the question, I'll give you the cards to shuffle to like 
um, infuse and enrich the deck with your energy and then let you pick them all spread out. Um, but if we're doing it remote, I'll just kind of shuffle the cards and let them kind of fall out and see what comes to us. So it just varies. Um, and everybody's process is different. Um, there's just so many different sects of, uh, sects. I'm trying to not make that not sound like, you know, but, um, yeah. So before every reading though, like I ground, that's my process. I recite a protection incantation, um, and state, you know, my intention, um, and then you, you know, like last week, deity work that was mentioned, you can call in your deities, you can call in your guides, your ancestors for protection and guidance. I call in my ancestors and protective spirits. Mm. Um, and then I sh- like shuffle and sort and tap on the deck and like enrich it with my energy again, if it's remote, um, or hand you the deck if we're in person, which is like my favorite. I've had the pleasure of being with Coco before and, um, you know, dabbling with the cards, but my personal process uses like the modern tarot techniques, um, from the hermetic, um, golden, like order like of the golden Greek. on, like it's hermetic as in pardon? Greek. Is that hermetic as in Greek? Yeah. And it, well, it's a fusion. So in the late 1800s, there was this like order of the golden dawn and they took Kabbalah, which you were asking about earlier this week, David, um, with the Q and, uh, astrology as well as numerology. And they kind of fused it all into one. And there was this resurgence and, uh, Pamela Coleman Smith is like the artist of the traditional, uh, writer way Smith deck smith is often dropped like it's the writer weight deck you might have heard but uh pamela smith was the artist and she was known as pixie um she was part of this group of mystics who kind of brought in that resurgence in the late 1800s so that's kind of what i go with and i um stick with yeah doing the writer weight using the writer weight deck as well as this um herbal astrology deck that i love by anima mundi um well that's the name of her instagram handle but how are tarot and astrology connected? So the Order of the Golden Dawn really brought in these themes. They took the symbolism, like the tower card, for instance, is like this kind of destructive force, and they associate that with Mars. So they took the symbolism of these um you know, di- different practices and they fused them together. Um, and there's it's just layered and layered. So the symbolism is just like overlaps because the major arcana is based on the hero's journey and like this overarching theme that you can find in movies and just like these different pinpoints that the hero hits these little marker points that everyone hits in their journey in life. Mm. So hopefully that answered your question. Yeah. Um, what are the different spreads used um, like in tarot and like, what do they reveal? Oh, the different spreads. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so many, like you can really create your own. Um, the most standard is the, past, present, future. Um, that one is really easy to get a quick read or some people, um, like the mind, body, spirit, you know, Mm. uh, past mind, present body, spirit, future. So there's like a correlation with those three placements. Um, one that a lot of people are familiar with is the Celtic cross spread, which is a 10 card poll. Um, but any card, like you can say a reading is like a three card poll, but oftentimes if you pull like a major arcana card, you're going to want to pull a clarity card since the major arcana is more of these overarching themes and kind of like broader concepts. And those minor arcana cards will give you like the nitty gritty details. So, um, yeah, definitely like love the past, present, future poll for just like a standard three card spread and then clarity if you need. Um, I love also doing a 12 card poll for a year ahead. So each placement um, is symbolic of a month that's mm-hmm. coming. Um, or in astrology, we've talked about the houses. There's 12 houses. You can do that as well. And each of the 12 placements uh, is symbolic of one of the houses. Um, or there's like a four card poll where you could poll for each of the seasons. So these are all like to look ahead. Um, but the past, present, future is like just the kind of quick um quick and dirty version but the one card poll i think is good for beginners like just pulling one card a day um if you did that like 78 days in a row you could get through all of the cards and really learn or if you just want to see what card presents itself you don't have to like leave that one card out if you're learning so there's lots of different ways that you can like learn and then there's just like infinite spreads that you can use um and if you're curious about the celtic cross placement like that is just one of my favorite um favorite things to do if i'm really looking for a super detailed um reading so yeah i think for you though we did a past life reading colette like yeah. years ago three years yeah. ago hmm. that was fun mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so so obviously the the symbols that i discussed earlier all mean something i don't know if we have time to go through what every single one means but like maybe how about we define the fool and cups 
Oh, okay. So yeah, the like as far as like the imagery and symbolism and like what it means yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. So the fool specifically is the zero, like it's card zero. So there's 22 cards in the major arcana, but it's zero through 21. So the fool is going to be zero, and that's going to be significant of new beginnings, like moving like forward with a leap of faith. So it's an image of an individual, a fool, with a little sack on its back and a dog pulling at its leg, and he's about to jump off the ledge. He's about to jump off the the cliff, essentially, and take this leap of faith. Um, this card is associated with Uranus in astrology, which is symbolic of like a shock or surprise or something like really unexpected. And so when you take that leap of faith, you're, you know, essentially diving into the unknown. So it's allowing yourself to start the beginning or the end because beginnings are endings. That's what the full symbolic of. And uh, just take that leap of faith. And then the cups, the imagery there is usually, it's a chalice. Um, and in astrology and tarot, um, the chalice or bowl or cup is symbolic of water emotion. So if you imagine like a cup overflowing with water you're going to like kind of think about being over like very emotional yeah. or you know feeling a lot of energy there um just to kind of run through pentacles is earth wands is fire and um the swords are air so they all correlate with the four elements of astrology as well so there's lots of parallels with the symbolism with astrology and tarot it's fun that's neat yeah it's uh, rather beautiful as well yeah super it's, yeah, and so like as like as an artist myself, I just I've always wanted to create my own deck or take photos. So like I'm I'm holding that vision for the future. But yes. Yes. Oh, one thing it's... we were talking about off air was I was like sit, telling Coco we should light a candle for the episode, and like oh, could yeah. you show us like what that's like? Couple questions: A, what kind of candle do you use? Does it matter? And B, uh, like to you know create a holy or sanctified space. And I also yeah. think it's really cool, too, because in Judaism, we obviously light candles to mark uh, holy spaces as well. So there's so much like connection uh, yeah. there, too. Um, but yeah, sorry. Anyway. No, don't apologize. That's a great question. To... I lit... Yeah, I lit three candles here today to you know represent each one of us. So I have, you know, one right here, one up there in a seashell, um, Scorpio vibes. And then I have one back there uh, in a rose quartz. So That's yeah, so, Coco so I always like like just kind of like that intention. It, I've been um, that should have been my hyperfixation is like really bringing in more um, of a spiritual practice. Like mm. just really um, as silly as it sounds. If you know me, you're like, what do you mean, Molly? You're like, that's you. You're like, woo woo, babe. But. Um, lighting Such a candle a in my window day. every day that I wake up, lighting a candle mm. on my altar over here. So just like having my altars, but, um, yeah, just like lighting that fire of inspiration in tarot, fire is symbolic of spirit, um, inspiration that kind of like, well, it's not necessarily ether, like this un intangible energy, but it somewhat is. Um, but yeah, it's a moment for me to just like rem remind myself of my fire and my inner spirit so i think that lighting a candle is a good way to like clear energy in general and just like take a moment for yourself and oh type of candle these wax is always the best um to like neutralize the energy in your space i use i have some paraffin cheap candles that i just like light because you know i light them pretty much every day but i highly recommend if you can access beeswax or make your own for funsies uh beeswax candles are the best cool or you might, actually i just was at a I was just as safe the other day and I saw a little kosher section and I picked up one of the white candles and I was like, this actually like, they might be paraffin, but they smell good. Like they didn't smell like mm. a, any specific scent, but I liked them. Sorry if I'm like, my face is right on yeah, the mic. Yeah, try so to scoot listeners. back from your mic a little bit just because it's distorting a little, just a touch. Yes. Um, but I you, tend to lean in out of excitement. Yeah, go back to where, yeah, there yep. you go, right there. You sound perfect from there. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, wow, you sound really nice now. Um, so <laughs> the... When you lit our candles, what did you say? Did you use words as well to when you light your candles? Yeah, I do my like prayer, the one I sent you guys, or incantation, whatever. You know, some people yeah. don't love the language of prayer or God, but sure. um, like incantation or universe or spirit, I replace it with spirit. If you want, I could say the um, incantation right now. Please do. Please. And this is for all you listeners today. I know it's Valentine's or Galentine's, which the history there is fun. But um, this is for you if you're feeling a little lonely or you just need a little grounding or energy. Okay. Hopefully this sounds okay. I wanted to hold your hand too. That's so cute. I love us. The light of spirit surrounds us. The love of source enfolds us. The power of the universe protects us. The peace of spirit watches over us. 
The mind of source guides us. The power of spirit abides us. The joy of source uplifts us. The strength of the universe renews us. The beauty of the universe inspires us. Wherever we are, source is. And this is from the Unity Church prayer. In this moment, you can envision a layer of light over you, kind of like a bubble of light. You can imagine pink rays or orange or golden light. You can imagine green for grounding or a deep red for power and passion. Whatever color like comes to mind, just envision that. Hold that vision in your heart. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Once again. And so it is. You are divinely protected. And so it is. And Thank so you. And so it is. Thank you. That was beautiful. Awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. I was doing my red leather, yellow leather before. Oh, gosh. Back it up. <laughs> before this. I uh, um, did purchase a book today on uh, protecting energy and like casting protective energies around yourself and others. Um, does that work on like if you visualize a larger space as well, like your home or um, even like a venue, let's say, Supernova. or something like that? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I yeah. mean, I I did that when I was at this party that I was playing on a train, and it just like it was crazy. I was telling Coco too. I left the room. Uh, like to go just set stuff up and I went outside not only was it cold but like I just felt these strange like like this energy that wasn't warm and inviting and like just positive and then I came back into the space in, and instantly I just felt that safety again and then what was so funny is I was telling Colette I looked around the room and I was like um where's uh or I was like who's this belong to is this like wizard staff that's just laying on the like the side and so I went over to it and I was like does anyone know who this is and then my friend's like it's yours now and I was like well <laughs> shit it is mine now <laughs> does something have to be made of natural material to have uh like energetic significance if that makes sense um I think I think people would you know would differ in in what they believe um but I I mean I think the more natural I mean everything is from the earth technically but like plastic obviously yeah. probably wouldn't be as resonant like crystals like you know even computers are essentially like contract like built from like mining a certain type of crystal I'm don't quote me on that but like I'm pretty sure there's like something there either way to answer your question uh, I think you can, anything can have significance, even if it's like a little, say you give your little one like a plastic, you know, toy, like the energy they put into that mm. can make it, you know, something really profound. So I think anything can ha hold spiritual significance. Um, I know in Japan, like my husband speaks Japanese and is like really into the, they're such a, they are, their spiritual like significance is so profound, but um, they, I think it's like everything has an energy. Everything has a spirit, like the way they treat homes where people pass away and it's very different. Um, and you know, they're, it's, yeah, I think that anything can have spiritual significance, whatever energy you put into it, the more you rub a stone or, you know, bring it to a space. Like some people will bring like little stuffed animals while they travel and like take pictures, you know, that brings significance to that. So mm -hmm. yeah, Very I love cool. that you found a wizard staff. And to answer your question, yeah, I think you can really send your energy out. The more you get in touch with like your magnetic field and the energy around you and expanding that. And the more you like exercise and move, I think the more you can expand out that energy before this, I was like dancing around to kind of like move energy and make sure I was like shaking it off literally. Um, you gotta move yeah. your body. Amen to that. God. But so what's so cool about that too is it was at the end of my set and like I was now in the audience so I was in front of the speaker and I was feeling like the entirety of the music and I was just like jumping up and down and it was, you know, without my even like really like thinking too much about it, I just started like seeing it and then like just the whole place felt amazing. When I came back into it, I was just like, wow, if, like the energy in here is just incredible. And then I yeah. also like was there were these two guys that were like going to start like fighting for some reason. I literally like so quickly, I looked at them and I was like, if you're going to do that shit in here, you need to get out immediately. And it was reminding me of like what we were talking about and just like using your voice to like make yes. things happen and like dealing with those energies in real time. And like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounds so simple, like using your voice, but I think a lot of us, like our throat chakras are blocked and like, we don't like, I know I have for years, I had like, I remember massage therapist, I had like throat surgery and she's like, yeah, I really feel like your throat is like blocked. And I, yeah, use your voice out there. People like really speak it and 
put your boundaries out there verbally, even if no one's listening, like someone's listening and that'll transcend further mm. than you can imagine. But, or say it to the people that need to hear it. I'm right. so glad you were able to send, like really send out your positive energy. Well, it was and, like, all, yeah. bring more light to the space. Yeah. It was like, I felt like I was like, cause I had already like, you know, put this protective barrier on it. And then when I, all of a sudden I saw this negative energy that put that at risk, I was just like, absolutely not like get out of here. This does not belong. This kind of behavior is not appropriate for where we are, you know, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And congratulations on not drinking. That's wild. I almost typed like, uh, spirit, like obviously indulge however you'd like, but I was going to say like, they don't call them spirits for no reason. It's so interesting how mm. different alcohols mm-hmm. affect people differently. Um, I dabble sometimes, but I'm more of a cannabis gal, mm-hmm. you know, I stopped, yeah. uh, I, I, so I've had a shot of tequila. I think I've had two shots of tequila, but all for like, I had like one to celebrate James hype with my friend. And then I had one to celebrate our friend's birthday at, on the train car. And then, uh, I think I had a, like some sips of Austin's drink the other night, but it's like, I've really not consumed much of anything. And if anything, it's actually for me, I'm like, cause I, I didn't think I was an alcoholic or anything, but like oh. knowing that I could happily have one and then not be interested in more is a great feeling. And just knowing that it's like, okay, I definitely don't have a problem, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Struggled. Yeah, moderation is yeah. key for sure. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you think anyone can learn to read tarot cards or do you think it's a special talent? I think that um, I encourage anyone to, you know, pick up your own deck and like play around with the cards. I know people, some uh, people believe that you have to be gifted a tarot deck. I think that that's a way of gatekeeping. So I would encourage mm-hmm. anyone to maybe start off with oracle cards or the writer weight gives you the like traditional symbolism that a lot of practitioners um, build their practice off today. But yeah, I think that any, like I said earlier, like any artist or um, somebody who has like a very free associated mind or loves symbolism is going to thrive and have a knack for it. Just like we all have different knacks for different things. So I think that certain people will find it. Um, it'll come easier to them. Mm. Um, if you have like, you know, just a lot of good protection, good grounding. Um, and you, you know, come from a really like, we all have good and bad in us, but like trying to come from a, a place where you're really coming in with a solid intention is important. And I don't think everyone has the best intention. So I wouldn't say it's for everybody, but, um, but yeah, I encourage anybody to use it in their own, like self-practice journaling is like ideal with tarot. If you love to journal, like having that imagery with an Oracle deck or a tarot deck is awesome. So yeah, I would say it is some people have like mediums specifically, like psychics are going to have, I wouldn't consider myself a psychic or a medium yet. It's, I think it's a skill that can be built like anything else, but I think mm. some people are born more intuitive or mm. clairvoyant than others um, and will um, thrive with tarot. Yeah. As a practitioner. Sure. How do yeah. you feel um, that like a tarot deck should be chosen? Oh, that's a great question. Um, in the beginning, I picked a deck like just coming from personal experience, um, I picked a deck that was like the celestial tarot, but then, and it had, you know, the, that was one the first time I saw like the Jewish, um, symbols like associated with the major arcana, which I want to pick your brain, David, because I have always kind of like left that aside, like, cause it's a very separate thing, but picking a deck, um, I think that like, there's a, there's just like a multitude of decks that you could get. If you're into herbalism, getting a deck that is, you know, associated with herbalism, you can learn about it. Or if you're already savvy, then the symbols that come up of those herbs are going to resonate with you and you're going to know like what they might need. Um, But yeah, I mean, I love astrology, so I'm going to go for a deck that always incorporates the symbolism of astrology. Um, So it's just really personal interests. Like um, my husband loves the nightmare before Christmas. So I gifted him a deck that's like the nightmare before Christmas and it has like the needles and, you know, switches it up. So I think you can get really playful with it. Um, Yeah. Any shows, like I'm sure they have like an office deck. I'm sure they have like, you know, all kinds of, they have a modern witch tarot, which really brings in more inclusive imagery um, and gives like more of a modern twist on it. Like we'll have the cell phones in the thing. And some people just take a deck and it'll be like actual photographs of like, chains breaking or like oh bo- like bondage or something just something that like will give that reader you know the like image that they need to be like oh this is what you need to how you need to like move forward or maybe not move forward so yeah. one one thing that you mentioned actually one question ago but that i think is really powerful and can apply to everyone is just like doing things with intention and mm-hmm. like placing your intention in things in actions and 
you know, objects and whatnot, um, and how that can help manifest things. Can you talk to our listeners more about that? Yeah. I'd like just in terms of like really being like intentional. How with could what they you're doing. do that? Like, or how can people do that in general? I think that everything is so fast paced, um, that slowing down and giving yourself like five minutes to either light that candle or hold that object and just say a few words to yourself, you know, like the mantra in the mirror in the morning, like you're beautiful, you're lovely. Like those moments really can set the pace for your day. And it sounds maybe silly to some, but, um, yeah, just taking like five minutes or 10 minutes out of your day to like sit with yourself and light a candle or, you know, hold that stone that you love or that object that you love from that friend, you know, or writing yourself like a little letter in the morning, just like taking that slowing down, I think is really the first thing that I think of. And, um, that way you can help integrate the different parts of yourself, you know, just taking that time. I mean, it's (laughs) just, we've been here, I've been here my whole life that meditation is good for you. And just, you know, meditation is also about clearing your mind, setting intentions and like, putting yourself on the right path and the right mindset to attack things and tackle your day and get yeah. over things that are bothering you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I know I have a friend who's like a deep, deep meditator and I was telling them about my practice like months ago and they were like, that sounds more like a mindfulness practice. So there's a lot of like slicing and dicing of like, is this, a me- is this really meditation? But I think if you're giving yourself like you know, five to 10 minutes just to slow down, take some deep breaths, put on a song that you love. Like music is huge. Like even if you're just putting, I know most people like some people will just listen to music, but yeah, meditation is fantastic. Yoga is where I find my meditation um, and can slow down because I have a very busy mind. So it's hard to quiet it. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. So yeah, just five minutes can make all the difference, you know? So yeah. Cool. I'm glad you mentioned meditation. Oh, um, um, can tarot readings be used for decision making or do you think it should only be used to provide insight? I think it's case by case, definitely. Okay. And also person to person. Like if I was with you, Coco, I would probably just be, I would be like really straight with you or like my sister, I would probably, but, um, it, it depends like any health decision. I would obviously like say, see a medical practitioner, um, or like if you're going to get a divorce, I can, I remember once somebody was on the verge of divorce and they pulled the tower card, which is a tower with a lightning bolt going through it. Um, and it's, you know, just very destructive. And then they got divorced a few months later. They were in the process of it. I didn't know. So these things come through or like somebody was just going through like bankruptcy and they pulled the tower card. And that was like, and it was with my herbalism deck too. And this person also struggles with um, some health issues that also presented on the card. It was very eerie. And I, I always like to hold a little bit of skepticism, healthy skepticism. And, but I'm often, um, really just like my faith is reinstilled every day that I mm. do a reading. Um, did I answer your question? I yes. Sure uh, yeah. I yes. I so, so yes, yes. It gives yes or no answers. It can absolutely say like, maybe sit with yourself a little bit longer or yes, push forward like the nights, like it's going to be like energy moving forward, but circling back or yeah, there's just going to be definitely like lots of different cards that will indicate like, yes, move forward or maybe take a pause. Um, yeah, I've had somebody asked me about leaving a job and I was definitively like, yes, this person's going to provoke you. They're going to make your life difficult. Like you can push through, but like they're a provoker. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yes, um, definitely. Yeah. I wanted to ask last week, um, when, sh- um, Chelsea moved the pendulum. Oh, oh it's yeah. Three, three, three. Oh, cute. Nice. Um, can you explain mainly to David, um, who you are speaking to when a pendulum is moving and yeah well that's going to be different for every practitioner exactly. I, I understand she was speaking with Michael right like she yeah. was speaking with a spirit that um she got close to in her living space is what I was yes. understanding so that was ra- that was rad I've seen that before I know like there's a girl on TikTok she's like talks to her vuvu her grandfather um who was like a, she says like vuvu and she uses the like rods you know oh yeah um, yeah yeah, I've seen her. She's she I like her energy. Like some people I don't love on TikTok, but like for some reason I just love her. She reads tarot too. Um, but yeah, I mean who I'm speaking to, um, I'm usually bringing in the protection of my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, um, with her in mind. She was Catholic, so it's kind of hilarious, but um yeah, I mean I also think of 
I've done some guided meditations. And so I imagine like certain spirits that I've come across in these guided meditations. Um, and it can be really connected to something you envisioned when you were a little one. Like it could be like an old imaginary friend. Like it really can be anything that you're tapping into that like creates resonance in your own internal world. This is all like, you know, based on I, I think it's very like psychological and we all have these like heroes in our mind. It could be an archetype from a show that you've watched that you, you like it just whatever grounds you and whatever in uh, ignites your spirit with light, I think can, well, and light and shadow, shadow, shadow and light. I don't want to be a Pollyanna here, but um, anything that brings you strength and power and grounded energy in those moments um, can guide you. But like for Chelsea specifically, she was speaking to a spirit directly that was helping guide the, pendulum it seemed so very cool very cool Does that answer your question yeah yeah I have, I have another question um when you know invoking your ancestors to mm. protect a space but and doing that on a regular basis do you believe that our ancestors are like helping guide us through life and you know providing us with guidance and comfort like it, tell me your beliefs on that please yeah I definitely do I think that I think each spirit has like its own separate path but i think that when we do transition out of this you know physical incarnation i think that we i think it's very everybody has their unique transition i know that some people believe like spirits get stuck here if they haven't finished business so like perhaps that spirit isn't moving forward and fully releasing into the expansiveness that everything is um, but i do believe that um, our spirits are watching watching over us and they can come in forms of animals or just little like whispers. So yeah, I definitely believe in mm -hmm. um, our ancestors protecting us. And I also believe in protectors that aren't our ancestors. Like they don't have to be just relatives, you know, because some people don't have that connection. But I do believe we all have um, guides and protectors that are in spirit form in the liminal space as we were talking earlier this week, the in-between. I love that animals can do that as well because I totally, that makes sense. And also the day, it was like the morning after I texted you, that was when I met these two puppies. And like all of a sudden, ever since then, it's been like this new energy and like everything I don't know it was very like it was after all that craziness of what I texted you and then it was like to wake up the next day and then this like beautiful new little bit of life is now in my life and that's crazy oh yeah. that's good to have animals they're like they're the real physical protectors like having our little mm -hmm. furry babes yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful. Congratulations. Did you get pup new puppies? So no, it so like? it's Austin's sister. It's even better. Oh. She lives like two minutes away. This thing can come over whenever and then it can leave. And like, it's fantastic. Uh, I fur nephew, the best. Yes, the and best. it's so <laughs> cute. It's the best. Oh, Her name awesome. is Oakley. And oh, she cute. is a border collie Catahoula mix. So she's a whippersnapper. She's oh. a little squinker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you think the reader's intuition and personal energy interacts with the cards in a reading? Like Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so like say a reader is having like a very bad day or energy spell, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they go into a reading about somebody's, I don't know, upcoming wedding. <laughs> Do you think that could affect the cards that are presented? Yeah, that kind of brings me to um, when I'm like, just like ethics and stuff. Like if somebody has had like an event that has happened to them within like 24 hours, like, like it just happened, I'll usually wait 24 hours or 48 hours, depending on how raw it is, mm. um, because that energy is really charged. So you're probably going to get a lot of charged energy coming through the cards. Um, so yeah, I usually will give myself or give the client like a day or two before like booking a session just to make sure that like they've had the time to like move through it without that objective kind of, um, energy. Uh, it really is a case by case though. Like if somebody really needs it in the moment, like, and I doesn't feel like it's too charged, I'll move forward with the reading. But yeah, I like to give time and space for things to process before, um, going into reading for somebody. So Yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what is the significance of the reversed card in a reading? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So with reversals, some people don't practice reversals because they believe that when you do, it actually makes the deck like 
almost more negative than positive because if you read all the it's like it so it's like it can be a weakening of the energy though like to answer your question like it can be like a less powerful potent version so if like a major arcana card's inverted then it's like maybe blocked energy like if i were i don't personally read reversals um but if i were to see three cards come up inverted then i would probably work with that in a way and say like there may be some blockages coming through but for the most part like i try to just leave it to the standard upright um but yeah it can mean like blocked energy or like not yeah not fully expressed Hmm. interesting yeah it's a good one that's a good question um so you had mentioned usually like the the standard boilerplate is past present future so are tarot readings generally used for predicting all three or not predicting past and present but like can it predict as well as tell you about the past right yeah like i think yeah i think like pulling from knowing where that person is coming from and what they're pulling in like from their past you know we're all like rooted in a space and we bring that to the present so knowing that is really important I think and yeah and going with the future and like knowing what's coming in is really good I know with the Celtic cross it really gives an incredible like subconscious energy what's behind you what's immediately ahead of you what's the final outcome like it really breaks it down um and gives you like a picture of this whole story so I love that one but yeah past present future is just like quick and dirty like figure it out you know look into the look into the past so yeah it can definitely was that your question like it can look into the past and the future my answer would be yes absolutely um is one more important than other I think they're like they inform one another so I think having a reading that doesn't that just doesn't look at the future is important I think looking at the past just getting a glimpse of what what kind of energy you're pulling from and bringing into the present moment is important for sure um how do you think like technology on like online readings impact the traditional practice yeah I mean even with astrology too like it's really saturated now um there's a lot of charlatans out there you know people who maybe don't have the best intentions but I think it also is exposing something that um, a lot of people didn't really have exposure to or access to. So that can, that's, you know, a positive is that people now have another tool that they can look at, but it does water it down. You know, it doesn't really like, I'm glad we get to do this because we get to share with people like the nitty gritty breakdown of, and the roots of it all and the history of it all. Um, do you think the internet can interfere with a reading? Like the energy? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, I think that like being in person is like obviously ideal, like being in the physical form. I was really happy to connect with you and do an astrology reading in person for you. That was nice. But we still like got some really profound energy even when we did the online session. For sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that anything like in the real real is going to be more potent and profound. But that isn't to say that, you know, talking through this like, you know, digital um, forum isn't going to bring awesome results and insight. But yeah, I think it can I think it can hinder sometimes. Um, I remember once during a meeting I had with um, a friend, it was like Mercury retrograde and we were talking like, kind of like talking about Mercury, like, oh, Mercury, and the computer started to glitch out and we we're like, just kidding, like, we're just joking, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not cursing you, Mercury, because Mercury is the planet symbolic of communication, you know, information and um, technology, so it was ironic that we were experiencing that, yeah, that is, in the moment. That yeah. is wild. Yeah, Um, definitely. Can you explain to our listeners what cosmic weather is? I hear the term a lot. Yeah. I think I know what it means. Yeah. It's like, so that's like astrological weather. It's a term used to kind of, yeah, you say like this is the astrological weather. So like for instance, the 15th, um, Venus and Neptune will be conjunct. So their energies will be blending in Pisces, bringing kind of like a compassionate, forgiving, romantic energy to the day. So that would be like the cosmic weather of that, that major transit when they're exactly conjunct and blending. Um, or like a new moon um, or a full moon is is like going to bring um, insight into what the cosmic weather will be for that day. Like new moons are great for planting seeds. Um, full moons are really great for releasing, which are pre- pretty common information. Um or like for beginners, you know, when they're diving into transits and um, cosmic weather. So yeah, it's essentially like the astrological weather. Anytime a planet moves into a new sign, that's called an ingress, um, or anytime two planets are aspecting in a specific way. So when the full moon happens, that's the sun and moon being opposite. So you'll see the sunset, and then you'll see the moon is starting to rise. Whereas in like a new moon, you'll see the moon in the sky, like when it's still sunny, um, you'll see that crescent moon. Yeah. 
That's why you see full moons when it's darker and new moons when it's lighter. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Um, yes. Can you explain what a yod is? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know last week she mentioned a yod. So I went in and I was like, okay, where's her yod? Um, so a yod is an aspect pattern. So I mentioned just a moment ago Venus and Neptune being conjunct. That's just two planets interacting together. They're blending their energies. Um, an, an aspect pattern is like when two or three or more are aspecting. So that's a equilateral triangle. It's where two planets are connected in a sextile, which is 60 degrees apart. And then um, those two planets, which in your case, Colette, are Chiron, the wounded healer in your first house, and your moon in Gemini, those are sextile. Those are in harmonious relation. Leo and Gemini, they vibe. They're earth and air, or sorry, whoa, misspoke, fire and air. So fire and air are very compatible. So sextile is like a harmonious aspect. But then both of those, uh, moon and Chiron, both of those celestial bodies are in a what's called a quincunx or in conjunct that's a 150 degree angle to that same point which in your case is uranus that energy i spoke of earlier that kind of surprising elect and that's in your sixth house of work um and those the energies that the moon and chiron are having with uranus um is a little awkward a quincunx doesn't share the same it doesn't so i think uranus is in capricorn so if you think about like airy gemini vibing with Uranus and Capricorn they're not in the same element they're not like they're just not going to vibe it's a little you have to make adjustments so there's a strong connection between the Chiron and the moon and harmonious energy there but then that equilateral triangle they connect to with Uranus is a little more challenging so and in a yacht and symbolically um, can be known what she was talking about like fate or destiny um, or a special skill um, but yeah, so it, it shows like kind of a faded energy that you're dealing with. And we've talked about your Chiron in the first house before in Leo mm-hmm. and how, you know, kind of turned, well, not turned you, but like it, you came into this world, like needing to be heard and seen and bold and vibrant due to those wounds, Chiron in your first house of like persona. Mm. So if that remember, do you remember yep, what you talk, yep, talking yep, about? Yep, I sure do. Um, and then your moon and gem is like chatty and they vibe like your Leo and gem vibe. But then like Uranus and Cap is like, we'll work. We need to work and we need to get this done and it needs to happen. And there can be like shocking energy there too. Um, that feels a little like up, a little upheaval um, in that area. So you have a lot of energy in your sixth house, Colette, your sixth house of work, routine, organization, very concentrated energy there. And then, um, yeah, we talked about your Scorpio, David, and how you have that stellium. A lot and of Chelsea it. mentioned <laughs> your Scorpio stellium, which is very psychic, very intuitive. Mm. Um, and actually, you asked me a question the first time we on the Venus and Scorpio pod, and you said, you know, what about water and fire? So that's a good example of when there's a water, sorry, yeah, water and fire sign. Those aren't necessarily like energetically compatible. That would be a quincunx, like awkward, not like totally, you have to make adjustments to like really vibe. But you guys have a plenty of conjunctions and your venus and scorpios are conjunct in your chart you have plenty of harmonious aspects but also the hard aspects the things that are awkward or you have to make adjustments those bring in dynamic energy so they're not bad they're just um things to work with and that can be better like you know kids who had to work and had to like be uh had the structure and needed to be like i needed that at like I yeah, I mean, I always had un, undiagnosed ADHD until I got to college, and all of those structures and everything that had been built up over the past eighteen years completely disappeared, and the guardrails were off. And I completely lost my mind, like my freshman year of fall oh, quarter. Yeah. That's not something I like talk about all that often. I started my DJ career, but I went completely insane too. <laughs> yeah, and then, to give. Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> uh, but just like I just, I mean, ugh, like some of the. I don't want to talk about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was not <laughs> mentally healthy at the time. I was also not right. physically healthy. Uh, so, I mean, it was just, it was probably the hardest year of my life. Freshman year is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's completely underrated as to what students go through in that uh-huh. year period. So much is changing and so quickly. Yeah. Oh man. Mm. It's crazy. Um, all right. Yeah. So I have, <laughs> I have one last question and then David wants to share a passage from a book oh, that he's I do, been reading. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Um, but my final question for you is what is the best way to protect yourself against negative energy or like yucky vibrations in a space? <laughs> yucky vibrations. So, um, yes, I would say, well, my first thing that comes to mind is surrounding yourself with trustworthy people. 
Um, but as far as like, if you're dealing with it, like if you've just come off of something really charged, maybe you're shaky, maybe you're like feeling like you can't ground your nervous system is shocked. Um, and this isn't for everybody, but it works for me is like putting on music, my favorite song, um, which I can share Mm. with you if you want right now. But, um, and I just dance, I just shake it off. I'm weird. Like I don't let myself like observe myself like i just let myself wiggle and move and i got a song for you to play during that next time that you feel okay. that way please, text. please well it's higher yes. power by cold play <laughs> oh awesome i have been okay, listening cool. to it nonstop. that's his hyper awesome. fucking fixation yeah, it is so true yeah it's and, so oh, good he's a hoe yeah. for cold play right I now really yeah <laughs> that is my hyper fixation fuck He's in his oh Coldplay era. I am in my Coldplay era. <laughs> Good. I yeah. Coldplay is the forever era. But yeah, anything and music will sound healing is like amazing. I'll mm. have my singing bowl. I'll turn that on. Um, yesterday I was definitely like dancing off some energy. Um, I lit my Palo Santo, which is a really great, you know, smoke That's smoke cleansing. Just she just gave me Holy one of those. Wood. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can light it. You're yes. supposed to light yes. it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I lit Ooh. some before we um, I even like have a wood burner, so I burned some like sigils on to mine and I light it and um yeah but I would say like lighting a candle like giving yourself that those giving yourself that space and time is going to be like the best way and whatever that means for you like whether you need a journal or you need to just like stomp your feet a little bit like in Qigong I would always hear my old housemate she would um she would always stomp like I would hear her stomping upstairs to like really ground and um just like Tip, like getting up on your tiptoes and like stomping down your heels Ooh. is really good to like really ground if you're not living on the you know third floor or you can be that fun neighbor um but yeah uh i would say like just movement is going to be the thing to clear it and um obsidian and black tourmaline are incredible cl- uh, crystals um i was telling david last week like uh crystal quartz or amethyst like purple amethyst are not the best for clearing because they absorb the energy rather than like that was right they're, they're, they activate the energy. Sorry, they make it more powerful. Like so, yeah. I Black just I just gave him a purple amethyst, Aww. but it's because the little info card. But with the intention, yeah, of it of, protecting of you, prote- of of giving it protective energy so. and creative oh, energy and creative. That'll energy. yeah. Amethyst is known to amplify your psychic energy, um, and it works with your like third eye. So it'll Sorry. open that up. So if you're you know if you're dealing with specific energies and you're wanting to like have more contact with them or like understand it more maybe that would be good to amplify so there yeah definitely an amplifier there but yeah i mean a gift a lovely gift from a friend like if it's small enough keeping it in your pocket will be protective i think the the very act of colette giving that to you in itself brings in um that magical energy you know cool love it thank you it was beautiful i bet you could keep it in your wallet so then you wouldn't lose it Uh, that's kind of thick for that i was thinking of Turning it into a bracelet. I thought that would be really, really yeah. cool. Like if yeah. I could, because it's got that wire on it. If I mm-hmm. could get like, I don't know. I have to figure it out, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be cool. All right. Definitely. Here, here's the passage. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, and what's crazy is like, I felt like I, when, so Austin and I are reading like a page of this to each other. Uh, and like, so I read this one to him um, but I felt like I, what was crazy. It was like, I felt like I had ma- manifested this and like, I was like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I was like looking the, an answer that I was looking for. And the, what's funny is the book is called the truth about everything. Um, and I, I, would, I think the first thing I told Austin when he said, when he said to read it, it's by, sorry, uh, Brianna Weist. Um, anyway, he got it in therapy, <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, nice. your friend gave it to him. <laughs> Shout out. Um, it's her book actually. So, um, but that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Also, um, what else was I going to say about it? Um, Oh, the holy shit. The second he read the second one to me and I was bawling like a baby and it was really beautiful. I cried too. I, I was Aww. like, uh, um, telling, Oh, shoot. oh yeah I was telling him I was like any book that says the truth about everything I'm inherently skeptical of and then like <laughs> literally the first chapter I was like okay fuck what does this bitch want to say <laughs> like, <laughs> so anyway here's uh, chapter three on being a creator <clears throat> I've heard the idea phrased and presented in a hundred different ways but somehow in one way or another I keep crossing paths with the same message and it's that we are all the creators of our own existence every part of it. To some, it's free will. To others, it's the law of attraction. I've never put it in such terms, but I have researched these ideas just out of interest. 
I'm no expert by any means, but I just want to relay some of what I've learned that has resonated with me. Some people really believe that if you visualize what you want, you can manifest it in your life, to a degree. I've found this to be true. When I wholeheartedly intend to do something, I end up, one way or another, doing it. It's not to say that there's no difficulty or that there's no challenge to it. It's just that when I've decided I am something or that I will do something and I have unfailing faith that my affirmation is the truth, it comes to fruition one way or another. Coincidence? Maybe. But it's this simple process that has sparked my interest in the idea of our roles as creators. I used to firmly believe in fate, and I suppose I still do. But that belief, for me, used to imply that our lives were somehow out of our control. It's just fate, I'd tell myself. What's meant to be is meant to be. And although I do believe there is some greater orchestration and intricate plan that was devised for us or by us, pre-incarnation to aid us in our soul development, I think we can choose how we experience it. A very wise friend once explained it to me this way. If you're meant to go from point A to point B, you will get there eventually, but you can choose which way you go and how you travel. I guess another way to think of it is that the vibrational frequency at which we function will be the reality we live in. That's not as much of a religious doctrine or teaching as it is a scientifically rooted idea. Every bit of matter is made up of vibrating particles. This idea has helped me to make sense of how we are all connected and one with the earth. Look at a leaf close up. You'll notice that there are veins in the leaf that look just like ours do. Look at a map and you'll see that the riverways look just like our veins do as well. We're all one, and in my opinion, the idea that we're separate from anything is merely an illusion of consciousness. Therefore, by that logic, wouldn't we have to assume that the ideas we conjure in our heads are also created externally? It's the Buddhist teaching that what you think will become, and there is no way to happiness because happiness is the way. It's the teaching that you should have unwavering faith in God, and it's the idea that good things happen to good people. Karma. I've been hearing this message since I was a little girl. Even in my favorite Disney movie, no matter how your heart is grieving, if you keep on believing, the dream that you wish will come true. Today I went to my local used bookstore and bought about six books, a few having to do with these ideas that I've found myself fascinated by recently. As I sat down to read them, I realized that the introduction to one of the books that I bought was written by the author of another one of the books that I bought, and the introduction of that book was written by another author that I had also purchased. I randomly chose these books from random places in the small used bookstore. They were obscure books and authors I had never heard of before. It wasn't as though I was buying a collection of books that would obviously have similarities. Normally, I'd think to myself, oh, that's such a weird coincidence, but in the context of what I was looking to read up on, I couldn't help but feel as though I was, so to say, attracting these things to me. I don't think these ideas are applicable to only one religion or belief system. I think if you don't believe in the idea of God, you can still consider the idea of vibration, energy, and frequency, and how our minds create for us. The way it's made the most sense to me so far is that how did we get here from where we were a year ago? We thought up what we should do next, and we went for it. We arrived. It's as simple as that. Tomorrow you've decided or will decide what you're going to do, and thus you are the creator of all that happens. I don't know about you, but there's something absolutely thrilling to me about the being the creator of my existence, the writer of my story, and the artist of my masterpiece and I will forever be looking to prove this idea true with my own life. So good. Beautiful. That's nice. Oh, dang. Gorge. You get watery-eyed? Sight read. Um, <laughs> no, I, the one that made me cry was the chapter before that, but it's cool. It's this collection of essays, and um, it's. I'm really excited to dive into it with Austin and maybe hopefully share some more on the Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. And that brings us to the end for today, y'all. Uh, next week, we are having Chelsea Howell back on. 
Um, and we are chatting more this week or next week about mental health and neurodivergent life hacks. And uh, you can find Molly if you'd like a reading at Molly's Musings. And you can connect with her via email by reaching out to Molly's Musings at gmail.com. We will put that in the episode description. But uh, you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at the Coco Show Pod. And you can buy merch and listen to all episodes at thecocoshow.com. And you can email us your ye fucking haws at the Coco Show pod at gmail.com and as always we will see you next tuesday bye bye, bye. <laughs>